let's do it. Okay. Hello and welcome to episode forty-four. That better be right. Oh, yeah, but I'm famous. not sure it'll get a. <laughs> I'm not sure it'll get a number because uh, it's oh, a special. It's a special. Welcome to the current episode of <laughs> <laughs> Tedgebot Zoology Podcasts. I'm Jack Horner. I was going to be Jack Horner. Well, there's going to be more than one Jack Horner in the world. Um, I'll be Bob Backer. Okay. Um, I've got I the hat. To, yeah, yes, and the beard. Well, and, uh, yeah, it's not quite a beard. <laughs> I didn't want to do the introduction all on my own here. Yeah? But uh, this is a special uh, episode uh, in which we're going to probably talk despite the fact there's there's substantial um follow-up from previous episodes and stuff we want to talk about i want to talk about t-rex autopsy for example um we're going to talk specifically about a little movie called jurassic world which uh you you saw yesterday right yep we both saw yesterday uh okay you need to say some stuff now drinking game is in effect two minute rule is probably not in effect yeah, so just to elaborate, no cash for questions, nothing nothing like that. This is just a Jurassic World special. That's all we're going to be talking about. Um, and so obviously, if you don't want spoilers, you should probably wait until you've seen it to listen to this episode. But, you know, yeah. I think... Epic spoilers, epic spoilers. I don't know whether a film like this can be spoiled. It goes pretty much exactly the way you'd expect. Um, that didn't expect that the mosasaur to make that that do that thing at the end if okay. we're gonna if, if we're gonna go with spoilers no we're gonna go sp- with spoilers yeah okay no, so what the hell so, okay spoilers. so i wasn't I, I knew that something was going to happen to the indominus at the end right i you could because it was like perched on the edge of a cliff type scene there was clearly something building up and i thought there's gonna be a jump here and um, but I w- I'd forgotten that there was a mosasaur, and it also wasn't obvious that they were at the edge of the mosasaur pool. So that I wasn't expecting the mosasaur. Thought so that was quite. And if I was a mosasaur specialist or worker, I would have gone, "Yeah, mosasaur, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so uh, people that are mosasaur specialists, some of whom listen to this show, <laughs> tell us if you did that because I'm sure you did. What was your favourite bit in the movie? By the way, we should say from the outset that this movie was crap. <laughs> yeah, I, spoilers. Terrible I film. I hated it. I thought Did it you? was awful. I hated it. Okay. In one of those strange reversals, <laughs> I hated it less than I thought I would. Don't get me wrong. Terrible film. Dinosaurs were awful. But Oh, and sexist as hell. But I didn't hate it as much as I thought I'd hate it. Now, the sexism thing is interesting because, of course, they thought, the makers of this movie think that they thought they did a good job in having a strong female (laughs) character who can run in heels (laughs) and is able to, uh, like, undo her top to show that she's busy, she's a capable, you know, functioning person that can run to a jungle after dinosaurs or whatever. But... Yeah, the the scene that they released early on, which we spoke about a couple of episodes ago, the that one, the you know the yeah. the the, animal, the, the these are animals that want to eat, they want to they want to yeah. fight or whatever, whatever he says. That that was, I think, that was a mistake. And then the bit at the end, there was now this is always a slightly tricky subject: the sexualization of people, um, the fact that. Because that's a tricky subject because... No, I'm not going to say anything further on that. But I just thought the bit... Uh, what, what what was she called? Claire something? Mm, it's uh, a good idea to know the names of the characters when we... Yeah. yeah or at least the actress. What's, what's her name? I've forgotten her name already. And I did remember it. So we've got the idea that Bryce Howard, uh, her character Claire, she's um, she's able to like yeah, run in heels and... <laughs> and undo her top to to, look, to show she's ready to run through a forest. But the bit towards the end where she's lying prone on the floor, I don't know, that seemed to me like, why did you put that in the movie? Is that Maybe she just fell over and that's the way she looked. But it seemed to be, it seemed to me a little bit of a riff on kind of like old pulp style 
sort of. Oh, there's no no doubt it was. No, she was deliberately put in the pulp. She was a leg fallen over girl pose. Yeah, yeah. So the the sort of hippie leg pose. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, The kids weren't as annoying as I expected them to be. Ashley, I thought the kids were fairly bearable. The 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 bit where the, the the younger kid got a bit mopey and stuff and was crying that was a bit dumb but um yeah but overall they weren't that bad and, and also the some of the uh, the ideas that I'd gotten from the, about the movie beforehand that it was meant to be the idea that kids aren't interested in dinosaurs because all they want to do is look at their smartphones they didn't really project that in the film at all uh, in fact once the children did actually bother to like the older kid in particular once he actually started looking at animals it was like wow this is actually quite interesting um which uh, mm. Yeah, I found that bit it's stupid to say that I found something in Jurassic World unbelievable. But okay, if you've never seen a T Rex before, which they hadn't, yeah. neither of them had. What, and he's not even looking at it? He's just yeah. talking on his phone looking the other way? I'm sorry, even if you're a bit of a cynical teenager, you're probably gonna look at it. Oh, there was a line there was a line uh wasn't there about like uh, people aren't interested. They're about as they're about as interested in dinosaurs as they are in an elephant and a zoo. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, but even the dumbest, most uninteresting person normally can't help but look at an elephant. Yeah, even for a few seconds. Yeah. So yeah, that didn't that didn't ring true. But um, then, of course, the whole film doesn't ring true because it was ridiculous. Yeah, but um, yeah. so I think perhaps we should run down with the actual plot. Okay. Because of what there was of it. Um, and how it fits in with previous Jurassic World things, because they were quite. Um, there were a lot of references to the original Jurassic Park being twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, and they had a character in the movie who I, I'd like to know uh, when he was like invented. There was the, this that guy in the um, control room who was complaining every now and again about, mm, why can, you've let it all go corporate. Why don't, why don't you just have the corporation's name in the dinosaurs? And, and he, he made specific references to disliking, you know, uh, new dinosaurs for the park and everything. And I, I, I sort of thought some of his stuff was like a nod to people who would obviously be sceptical or resentful of the film, like us. But, um, but maybe not. I don't want to be arrogant about well, also the original Jurassic. The guy um, who had the t-shirt on. Yeah, yeah. The there was a <laughs> t-shirt there guy. Was the, there was that the dinosaur. I forgot. Was it an ankylosaur that was named Spielberg guy after the film? Yeah, isn't it Crichtonosaurus Spielberg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So maybe it was a reference to that. There's a pterosaur Colobrinchus Spielberg guy as well. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> so the um. Yeah, so the plot is that they've rebranded Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, because the old Jurassic Park fell apart and people died. But it didn't even open, did it, the original Jurassic Park? Uh, no. No, it never opened. So, But they, they would have had a um, – the San Diego uh, one would have been uh, known to the public, wouldn't it? Because that did actually – Sorry, carry on. I'm distracting you. Yeah, I've never seen a second film, so or read the books. So I'm doing the best I can, but it's probably not going to be very good. But anyway, so well, you, what you've you've already said the basics of it. So so the the uh, there's a functional park called Jurassic World. We're introduced to a couple of kids who are being who are the the kids of a woman who is the sister of a woman called Claire, who is like the CEO. Or, no, she's not. She's like the director or the publicity manager or something of this functional park. We're introduced to like a Disneyland style resort where there are thousands of people visiting this island, and there's there's like hotels to stay in, and there's uh, Jurassic Ten which is something a reference to something in Jurassic Park and um, there's like all these activities you can do plus you can go and ride on baby dinosaurs you can go and do safaris looking at dinosaurs you've got gyrospheres that are apparently indestructible and are surrounded by invisible shields so dinosaurs won't smash into your gyrospheres which you've seen these in the trailer like rah, rah, dinosaur and there's a gyrosphere like, yeah, bah, bah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oops <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, so spoiler but, gets destructed 
Yes, we're, we're, we're introduced to the idea that the Jurassic World people, they aren't happy with, that they've got loads of dinosaurs. We're told is it six species of carnivores and 13 species of herbivores, something like that. But they're not good enough. They're not good enough. They're, they want something new, sexier, bigger, stronger, faster, scarier. And so they, in their labs, they've cooked up a new dinosaur. It's called Indominus Rex. And uh, we're introduced to the Indominus. Uh, but... So what have they done? It's like giant. It's bigger than a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's ugly, spiny looking. It's, it's able to camouflage itself. Yes, it has camouflage. It can change color. Because if you look very carefully, you'll see the first time you see it, that part of its skin looks like some of the surrounding leaves. The, uh, the CEO or something, we should, can you like find out the names of these people so we actually know who we're talking about? Um, he goes to look at it and he's like, where is it? Like, the last time I saw it, it was white. And now it's not. What's going on? Turns out it's changed colour. Then they, another time, they go and look at the Indominus again, and they can't find it. It seemed to be missing from the paddock. We've already re- been introduced to Chris Pratt's character called Grady, something Grady. And um, we've already been shown that he's working with the Velociraptors, air quotes, uh, the Velociraptors, and... He has a form of bond with them. He's able to understand his signals. He can understand their signals. And something goes wrong in one of the pens. A, a, a worker falls in, which means that Chris Pratt actually, rather than shouting commands and whistling and clicking at the raptors from a distance, he's actually there on the ground in front of him saying, whoa, no, back down. Hey, girl, I see what you're doing. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. So he's like the raptor guy. Yep. <laughs> and um, so we've already seen that he's got this bond and it's, and it's functional. Um, he's told by Claire, Bryce's character, Bryce, what's her name, Bryce Howard? Uh, he's, yeah, he's got to come and look at the Indominus because it's gone missing or something. He goes into the pen. The thing has freaking climbed out of its giant enclosure and this giant claw marks up the side. So, no way a 15-plus metre long multi-ton behemoth has managed to scale a vertical concrete wall. What, who'd have thunk, yeah? And, uh, and they've got this, like... Um, uh, this like, thermal image, this thermal thing where they can see if the dinosaur is in the paddock. The dinosaur is not in the paddock. Oh dear! Um, so they get someone in tech control that, to like find where the tracking embedded tracking device is in the dinosaur, and they find it in like. Do they find it in a distant part of the park, well away from where the paddock is, or am I getting confused? You are getting they... confused. It's in the paddock. It's in the paddock. Yeah. What the tracking device is in the paddock? No, the dinosaur is in the paddock. Paddock. The, I know the, the Indominus. Dinosaur. Is in the yeah. paddock, but is this the bit when? It, so at this stage, it hadn't removed the tracking oh, device. It, the it tracking was. Device, yeah. They mentioned later on this dinosaur has got magic powers <laughs> because it can control its what infrared output or something. Yeah, they make some pseudoscience babbly reference to the fact that frogs can do that apparently did you know that <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, did I. And, uh, and also it can change color because it's got cuttlefish dna yep henry Wu says that why did they push cut why did they put cuttlefish dna in it so that it could squirt ink was it for the camouflage i can't remember it's got cuttlefish dna so they can- do say why they put cuttlefish dna in there but i don't remember what it was oh mm. quick growing they wanted to, ah, wanted to grow right. quickly yeah, well, it's actually, a, that's a nice touch. Because cephalopods, super fast growing, right? So what else would you do but put cuttlefish DNA into a dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> it turns out, and, and it's also super smart, super smart. And it's made these marks on the wall to make it look as if it climbed out. So people go in there, but nah, it's just masking its own heat signature and it's actually in there. And then everything goes, as they say, pear-shaped because it's was actually just hiding in the greenery, this 15-metre-long, twice-the-size-of-two-elephants creature, and, uh, and it squeezes out of the... crashes out. Chris Pratt, so Bra- uh, Grody, Brady? Grody? <laughs> Grady. Grady. <laughs> Grady hides underneath a Land Rover. Owen and Grady so, is his name. Owen Grady. Yeah. Owen Grady. He is so savvy, he is so field-skills-aware that he immediately cuts the petrol line, smothers himself in petrol. So that way he won't smell of anything, anything at all. <laughs> apart from petrol, <laughs> which will not arouse the suspicion of the dinosaur because dinosaurs don't equate petrol with humans that they want to eat. No. 
He says, now this is an integral part of the film, he expresses concern for the fact that, if you want to take over and start describing the film at any point, feel free, John, but he expresses concern about the fact that this animal has been raised in isolation, it's got no social conventions of any kind, um, and that, to me, I thought that was quite a nice touch, the fact that he's saying you've basically, you, you've, <laughs> you've produced a, 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 um, a psychotic, you know, dinosaur that hasn't got any concept of like, and it's also very naive. It doesn't know about the rest of the world. It doesn't know, because this is a kind of, I thought this was possibly a reference to, you know, where there are these elephants that have grown up in communities without older adult elephants and these elephants are just dick elephants <laughs> and they just go around picking fights with rhinos and stuff <laughs> it's sort of it was, it was a possible reference to that kind of idea um, so it gets out and it's in a part of the park that is not visitor place so that don't worry it's like some, I think they say like 23 miles away or something from where all the thousands of people are but of course over time the Indominus is getting closer and closer and um the two kids that we're supposed to care about, um, they um, they are on their little gyrosphere and they're going around among... Now, before I continue the rest of that sentence, <laughs> we don't speak in sentences, we speak in clauses, whatever. I thought it was quite weak, the movie, the first like half or so, in that it was one of these things where we're shown a story. The story is what is the story behind Indominus and the concern about it escaping? That's the story. But the stuff that we, the viewer, are meant to want to see is the, di- the hot dinosaur action, the CG triceratopses and stegosaurs and things. And it seemed to me that they would you, you'd, you'd see the story about the Indominus and the, the kids going to end up in... No, no, no. Sorry, start again. You see the problems with the Indominus and stuff, and then you would just go to a few seconds of like the mosasaur eating a shark or the kids going around next to some sauropods which are tremendously ugly i think all the animals in this one are really ugly and then it would go back to the indominus story it was always just it just seemed like quick flashes of the yeah the, the film had no inbuilt mechanism for naturally showing us scenes of other dinosaurs so they had to do these sort of cut in scenes that didn't really flow with the story or um they weren't integral to the story in any way the whole story was about indominus which was an ugly boring looking dinosaur anyway yeah but the one we're meant to kind of feel sorry for i th- well well again i thought that maybe you, you could feel sorry for it in view of this but then it's just for the rest of the movie it's just a villain that's got to be destroyed Yes. And that just kind of didn't uh, didn't really work. So the Indominus has got a plan. It's super clever. It's removed its own tracking device from its body, and um, and it's working its way south. It's it's scheming. It's thinking of some clever plan to wreak maximum havoc mm. on the island. Mm. And the thing, so we're at. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. But the creature looks at a helicopter, thinks, hmm, how can I make the helicopter crash? I know, if I release all these pterodactyls, that will... No, I don't know, what would it... Is, is that what we're meant to be thinking? That it's deliberately plotting to crash a helicopter into a, an aviary? And by the way, as soon as pterosaurs are released from an aviary... Okay, it's called an aviary, we know that pterosaurs aren't birds, whatever. As soon as pterosaurs are released... What do they do? Their aim in life is to attack people. Okay, that's the part of the film that was the most ridiculous. So why, then, is there an aviary? Because isn't the whole idea of, like, a a roofed aviary that you go in there and the animals are, like, possibly flying around you? But as soon as they're released, their aim is to attack, attack, attack. attack. And they... I really thought that that pterosaur scene needed some laser bolts. <laughs> Just like the Independence Day attack scene on the uh, New Mexico Air Force Base. There should, be, there should have been someone with his cigar dropping out of his face. Raise the alarm. I don't think we've got time, Commander, or whatever he said. <laughs> oh, God, it was, that was just... So, we know the pterosaurs look awful, really awful, offensively bad. But not only was that, it's just the comedy involved. There's like, we were trying to work out, I saw it with a bunch of other people last, 
night. Uh, uh, Jessica Lawrence Wujek, um, Liz Martin, a bunch of us from Southampton VP. Hello, everyone. They're all listeners to this podcast because I got some taste. The bit when the, there's a pteranodon is shot down, crashes into the ground like a like a Naboo starfighter, sort of skimming yeah. along on its belly on the ground, which is exactly what an animal does when it crashes onto the ground, right? Yeah. And uh, and you've got <laughs> the sharp point of its bill coming towards him. It uh, just stops in front of him. What's that a reference to? I don't know. Is it? I think it's been used several times, hasn't it? Yeah, it's not a reference to one thing in particular. It just looks so ridiculous. Oh, so, it's in so it? many films. And that's the problem with the... Okay, so let's continue with the plot, and then I will. We can launch into some more detailed critiques of the, what it is. Right. So then, the, yeah. So the, the the kids are running around. The people are looking for them. Chris Pratt and um, Claire Bryce Howard are looking for um, looking for the kids. They they find the old Jurassic Park visitor center. Rotunda. Yeah. Um, and then something, something, something. <laughs> they find some dead, dead sauropods. It's killing for sport. It's killing for sport. At the same time, we're introduced to the the fact that there's this other team, these people that want to weaponize velociraptors for use in military application, and they're not being friends with the velociraptors. They're like, they've got them like. They've got them in what look like metal um, shipping containers, but with like facial Hannibal Lecter kind of braces on them. Yeah, and and the animals are not happy at all. Which uh, I don't think it'd be a good idea to do that to the animals if you want to train them and stuff. Um, yeah. So it strikes me at the moment, uh, like as we talk about this, the plot was actually really complicated, and there was a lot of stuff going on. Wasn't it? Yeah. They didn't yeah. go for a simple plot. It wasn't just sort of. It wasn't a simple monster movie in that way. It's a complicated plot with many mm. things going on, and not a lot of it made a lot of sense. So it was hard to follow. So, the the main thing is that the containment team, the park containment team, has to get out there and contain the Indominus, right? Yes. And in like all in all good monster films, all terrible monster films, let's be honest. These people are terrible at their jobs. And what do they have? Pokey sticks or something. I don't know. You went after them with non-lethals? Yeah. But their non-lethals aren't like tranquilizer, great big tranquilizer darts that they can shoot from (laughs) hundreds of meters away. No, they've got some nets and some pokey electric stick things, which... Yeah. Okay. So that that fails, and they all die. Obviously, every single one of them. Every the single one die. of them dies. Yeah. Then what happens? <clears throat> oh, and then they decide that the only way to get the Indominus is to hunt it with Velociraptors, because obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so they give the Velociraptors the hunk of meat that came out with the with the, the Dom, Indominus. Um, Ripped its tracker out. God, that sentence was the wrong way around. But yeah, I think people know what, <laughs> would know what I mean. The hunk of meat around the tracker that was ripped out. Um, and then they, they run off at top speed, somehow, speed in, in a direction. That was, an, that was another Star Wars bit. That was a end or, you know, speeder bikes through the trees. Yeah. And Chris Pratt <clears throat> follows, and a couple, of, and his sidekick, and in a van. They all follow yeah. the Velociraptors They're through a jungle on a motorbike. Speed. Yeah, dead easy to drive through a motorbike. Uh, on a motorbike through a tropical rainforest. You ever done it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> there's nothing on. There's no obstacles on the ground or anything to worry about like that. Yeah. But they, they're driving a, a freaking van through it as well. It's not just a motorbike. Yeah. Um, and then they find the Indominus. The Velociraptors find the Indominus and... Oh! Shock twist. What do you want to say? This is the best bit in the film. <laughs> That's the only bit in the film I really like. <laughs> you like this? They, like, they like it. Uh, because, okay, so what happens is the Velociraptors, there's somebody, they, has, they look, how f- you want to know how fast you're driving? How fast am I driving? I have to look at my speedometer. Hey, the arrow's going down. We must be slowing down. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 
We're slowing down. Why are we slowing down? The Velociraptors, they're slowing down as well. Look ahead, the Velociraptors have met the Indominus. Indominus steps out of the forest and says, Hello, my young sisters. They say, Hello, Indominus, how are you? And it says, You know you're going to hunt me or don't, because I'm one of you. You want to hunt them. Everybody turns, the dinosaurs turn around, look at the humans. At this point, Chris Pratt should have sworn, Oh, no. (laughs) And what does he do? He says, The other dinosaur, the other genes they used in that Indominus, it's raptor genes. No wonder they wouldn't tell us. No wonder they wouldn't tell us. (laughs) Couldn't see that one coming. Uh, So... So Indominus tells uh, tells the Velociraptors, don't attack me, attack them. Okay, so they do. That was the best bit in the film. <laughs> um, of course, yes. Like a lot of these scenes, they're all, they all get there, have their gu- guns trained on the Indominus. All of them, like well, <laughs> all 14 of them, have their yeah. laser pointers pointed at the Indominus' head and, um, and torso, and none of them pull a trigger for about... Yeah. 30 seconds while they talk about what's going on. Um, I, I don't know why they shoot film, shoot scenes like that. Why don't they make it so that people are still running towards the thing and not really clear what's going on or they get off a couple of shots but miss or something like this? Why do they do this? So that everyone sits there with their mm. guns trained and doesn't do anything. I can't be the yeah. only one this drives crazy. And, and it's, sort oh, of, no. it's, it's too slow. It slows down the action for me. It feels like... Mm. And it wasn't as if they didn't... I think the plan was by the say, we're going to have to kill it. Yeah, the, the plan was to kill, kill it. it. They, were, they were with, you know, explosives and big cannon-type guns. It wasn't um, yeah. It wasn't that they were, yeah, still trying to contain it. Well. There. There you go. Of course, that's a, yeah, a small point in an ocean of other problems. But you get it in a lot of these action films, and I don't understand why they do it that way. Um, yep. So that then. So then, the, what happens? The Velociraptors change sides. They kill all the guys with guns, because guys with guns—they're just terrible in these films, aren't they? They're like stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and oh, of course, the Velociraptors have got um, what's the word? Headcams on, so you can see what they see. So you can see them killing all the people. Yeah, lots of shots. That was the alien scene. Yeah, that was the alien scene. And I'll get to that later. Not the alien thing in particular. Yeah, so the velociraptors are killing people in the alien style. I believe it's pronounced styly. Styly. Indeedy. And uh, then what happens? They do a bit of a chase through the forest. Something, something. Something, something. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh... Terrace. Oh, and uh, doesn't doesn't isn't this building up to the the um, release the T Rex? Yep. And so they get the back to the visitor center at some point again. Back to the lab, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's also this plot where where the CEO go, the CEO guy, famous actor whose name I should remember, the Ethan Indian Khan. gentleman. Yeah. Oh, thank you. He died. He died in the helicopter crash. But he told Henry Wu in the genetics lab. All genetics research stops at this point, which Wu isn't very happy about. And the military guy, who's <laughs> the guy who wants to weaponize the Velociraptors, he's got a secret deal with Wu. They're going to sneak off like the genes of animals. We're, oh, we're show, we should say we're shown in the lab all kinds of like genetic mish. Mash, the mashups. We're shown like there's a there's a feathery lizard and there's like a like a cobra. Sp- the cobra fish and stuff. So that's to give you the idea that they're making monsters. And, and Henry Wu does specifically say, yeah, we're not creating real animals. They'd look very different if we were. That's a nod to some of these criticisms, maybe. No, but, I think um, it is definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's happening. They're trying to get the genetics. They're trying to like salvage the genetics and use it for military purposes. So that's kind of going on in the background in the, the lab. But, but yeah, then we're the, now the, the Tyrannosaurus, which we've seen briefly early on in some stupid scene where it's meant to have eaten a goat because that's all they eat goats, T Rexes in Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Um, that's meant to be the same individual as the one in the first film. And, and this, I thought this was quite dumb. This is not a good idea, it's a dumb idea. It's been trained to recognize 
emergency flares, like the ones used by um, Sam Neill in the first film, that's his cue for food. Because <laughs> don't they show when the goat is chained up, they put a flare next to it. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Because um, why would you need to do that? It's like this animal's been conditioned to associate emergency flares with foods. With, well, that's how she food. gains its attention in the original film, isn't it? She. Uh, she it's how no, Sam Neill and then Jeff Goldblum are both like, I th- Jeff Goldblum's definitely waving run around. I don't remember. Lorna Dern is the only adult she in Jurassic Park. Yeah. And she doesn't ever... I thought mm. she led, him, led it away from the kids or something. God, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't remember it nearly as well uh, as I thought. You've you've dreamt that. Okay. Um, or hallucinated or something. But, so, yeah, uh, Howard, um, this Claire lady, she, um, yeah, she... Goes, Brady says, "Go and open paddock nine. And I, and I was, I was saying to myself, I "Try not to talk too much because the people I was with, we were talking quite a lot." Because <laughs> um, I was like, "That's going to be the that's going to be the T Rex paddock, and it's going to be the original T Rex." And sure enough, sure as eggs is eggs. Um, yeah, she lures it out with well, yeah, a we flare. should say that they're luring it out to fight the Indominus. Yeah, because for some reason, having two, two, you know, seven-ton predators run, running around is better than having one. Oh yeah, and this is after the Velociraptors has switched sides again, because mm. by this time they had come face to face with Brady, and he said, "Look, I know you're friends with the Indominus, but just remember, I'm your main homie." And they go, "Oh, you're right, Dad." And they they team up with him again. Then they fight the Indominus. They get their asses whooped, don't they? Mm. A, the, the, the Indominus is chucking them around, and isn't there a bit where one of them explodes? It gets thrown into a barbecue pit and explodes, <laughs> expl- exploding dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, yeah, very flammable. And um, yeah, so then we, <laughs> so then the T Rex, the Indominus, having a fight. It looks awful. It looks terrible. These animals have no mass, no substance to them. They're picking each other up by the neck as if they're like made of something that's not animals what animals are made of I don't know sort of some kind of material I don't know it just didn't look right not happy with the look of these animals at all um yeah they're chucking each other around and then there's this bit where this velociraptor just runs sprints towards the camera it's meant like here comes the hero velociraptor and this like human sized animal jumps onto the one that's as big as two elephants and uh, saves the T-Rex and then, uh, and together, the T Rex and the uh, this new this Velociraptor, Charlie or Blue, I don't know which one of one of them it was. Um, they def- pretty much defeat the Indominus until it stood on the edge of this precipice, and then surprise, Mosasaur attack. Nobody expects surprise, Mosasaur, <laughs> which uh, self beaches launches out of the water. A blue whale-sized animal, because that's how big the Mosasaurus is in this film, yep. launches out of the water, <laughs> grabs Indominus, and pulls Despite it down. Despite arguments into... about that trailer, about it not being that big, it was that big. It was absolutely huge. Did you read some of those yeah. arguments online? People saying, no, nah, it's not that big. If you compare it to this thing and this thing and these angles, then it's, you know, it's only 50% bigger than the biggest Mosasaur. No, no, it really is absolutely huge. It's blue whale-sized. Yep. So Indominus... This poor animal, which was kept in isolation and driven mad and was probably bored out of his head and just wanted stuff to do, is killed. And it's so bad. I'm glad we killed it, right? Yep. And, uh, and then what happens next? Do they, what do they do about those millions of pterosaurs that were flying around? They're still out there, right? They shot a lot of them. Yeah. Not all of them. Yeah, so, well, they left it wide open for a sequel, which is really unfortunate. Like deliberately set up a sequel, which is just horrible because wow, you just you can't keep going with this. What, what? They, what was because the... they evacuated all the genetics? Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, so I thought you were talking about something else. So, what what happened after the Indominus was taken care of? The the they met up. They'd obviously already met up with the kids. The kids were okay because that's all that matters. The kids are fine. Um. Um, I can't think of what happened after the well, death the, of the... the the ferry's going to turn up and 
Chris Pratt and Bryce. Howard. Oh yeah, they're going to get it on, aren't get they? They're like they're together. a couple now. Yeah, because she's learned the value of so. family. Stupid career woman thinking that she should, you know, <laughs> she could just run a park or whatever. Hey. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about the specific animals and what's wrong with them. It'd be much shorter to talk about what was right, but I think we should talk about the look of each one and why they've decided to go with what they've done. I I would also suggest mm-hmm. that a good idea is is not just not just to talk about the specifics of the animals, but the the look of all of them, because. I found so many places in this film, and this is true of so many of these recent... It's been true since Jurassic Park, The Lost World, the second Jurassic Park film. It's been true ever since then that these animals have like a shiny look that just doesn't fit in with the environment. They just don't look like real objects in the environment. The, the Tyrannosaurus at the end of Jurassic World, several scenes with the Velociraptors in particular, really stuck out to me as just not looking matched in terms of, like, texture and light. Um, do you- I, I agree. And they've got this weird skin texture that they like to do, which isn't a skin texture. It's not a thing. And I don't know where they got it. This sort of really wrinkly, brainy type thing. Mm. Um, you know, if you're going to go with scaly dinosaurs, put scales on them. Yeah. I you know, there's these aren't scales, they're just this weird brain texture and I don't I don't understand what that is or where they got it or why they think it's a good idea. I suppose it's in the original Jurassic Park, I guess that's how they made the models, you know, the actual puppets and stuff. The original Velociraptors are some, kind of like that, aren't they? I can't really remember. I think they are. They are and they are in the McCready um Crash McCready's like concept sketches and stuff. So, yeah. What I found yeah, theory- see- curious as well is that they've actually gone retrograde in a lot of the dinosaurs. They're, they're more classic 50s dino than the original Jurassic Park was. Yeah. So I looked carefully at the tails of the Triceratops. and They do not drag. They do not yeah. drag. But the Stegosaurus is the main offender because the Stegosaurus was definitely like great arching back with tail coming right down. You saw that several times in several Stegosaurs. So... um yeah, d- deliberate old schooliness, um, and so part of the argument for the old school look of the dinosaurs. This, this of course, is the thing that I've addressed in this article I've got on C- the CNN opinion site uh, today or yesterday. Today is the twelfth of June. Um, <clears throat> people are saying, people like Jack Horner have said, well, they needed to keep them this way for the sake of continuity. They need to look the same compared to what they did in the other movies. It's like, mm-hmm. well, no. As I said in that article, it's like we were really hoping for a reboot and such a long time has gone by that, that, you know, why couldn't you embrace that? You could have done if they wanted to. They obviously didn't want to. Um, where I would also argue that it's inconsistent with canon because even in the what exists, you know, yeah. the, the original book and stuff in the other movies, we're specifically told all the time that animals are the... They, these aren't real real dinosaurs. They're genetic chimeras, and they're constantly changing them, tweaking them as they're learning more stuff. But and for the new film, they've even said that they've included the genes. They've replaced the froggy component, which was used in Jurassic Park. They're now using the DNA of birds to repair the sections, as specifically mentioned. So, why didn't they go with updated dinosaurs? Why did they go with these old schooly ones? Either this whole film is set in an alternative timeline where dinosaurs really did look like that. Mm-hmm. Or or they have deliberately designed dinosaurs to look old school. And obviously that's the thing they've they've gone with. It's like, yeah, we don't we don't we just don't care. And and there's and there's these one or two references to that fact. The fact Wu says that, you know, oh well, we know these aren't real dinosaurs. Um Yeah. Okay. So, so this this starts to get why Why did the filmmakers decide to make this sort of film? And this yeah. gets to the nub of my criticism, and I've said this before about a lot of films, but this is particularly bad. This is a really tropey film. You know that thing in The Simpsons where they um, say, um, cows don't look like cows on film, we have to use horses. <laughs> what do you do when you need horses? We just usually tape a bunch of cats together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one felt like... 
films don't look like films on film. We usually just have to p- tape a bunch of films together. I mean, it's so <laughs> obviously everything is taped in from a different film. Everything is a reference to another film. S- whole scenes are constructed so that they can get a reference, a single shot that looks like another thing from another film. They do it especially for Jurassic Park, which is possibly understandable, but it seems completely unnecessary. But there's so much stuff from other films, as you say, the velociraptors with the head cams, that's the alien scene. The whole film seems like this is a scene that's homage to this, this is a scene that's homage to that, and there's no in-betweeny bits that are not homages or... There's nothing original here at all. It all yeah. feels like something else. And the kids, the kids jumping off the waterfall, that's Avatar. Yeah. Jake Sully does that. And the kids then climb up onto like a little muddy beach... Predator. I expected the kids to smother themselves in mud. Yeah, I so was expecting Indominus- that as well. Yeah, no, I was ex- definitely. I was thinking they're going to smother themselves in mud in a second. They didn't, so it was a bit surprising. But um, <clears throat> I feel like this. It, but it stuck out. You know, other films do this. They have a reference, or they have a scene that's sort of a homage to another thing. But they tend tends not to be every scene. And often you're carried away with the plot enough that you don't notice it. But this, I've got to say, every single scene felt like, mm, this feels like something else. And even when mm-hmm. I couldn't quite place it, it felt like mm. a stylistic shift in the film to get I've a been trying, yeah, I've been trying to remember where I recognise the, um, the, the pterosaur attack from. Yeah. And one of the things is one of the battles in one of the Narnia films where griffins and eagles and stuff fly in over one of the sides and the other one is as i already said independence day oh. <laughs> so so yeah i i absolutely agree with you on that. and the problem is when you're going to make and also every single line of dialogue was absolutely cliched um mm. when you're gonna write a film entirely in tropes i've said i've made this point before but i'm gonna make it again because i'm boring but they tend to be this is where you get your sexism from, right? Is that it's a trope to be sexist. Mm-hmm. You know, the tropes that we have for men and women characters and all this stuff. If you're going to write a film entirely in tropes, then the huge grab bag of tropes, a lot of them are going to be sexist because that's what sexism is. It's basically a stereotype, right? And that's mm-hmm. what tropes are. They're stereotyped little stories. Um, and so I think what they went with with this one, the whole thing felt quite 50s, her character, you know, like a career woman doesn't understand the value yeah. of, value of family, some sort of manly man, but does understand the value of she family and chilling right out. Kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and this this was just a trope. And I don't, and for some reason, I can't figure out whether the filmmakers know how far they've gone into trope land, mm. how much they are not writing an original film anymore and therefore don't realise that this is what they're doing, or whether it was all deliberate and they did know exactly what they were doing. It's hard to tell because it's such a bad film in that way that it almost tipped over into good for me, like a like a crazy B film, you know? You know those Ed Wood films, that sort of stuff, just so bad that you just think this is hilarious. <laughs> but it wasn't quite bad enough. Hmm. It laughed at itself on a few occasions. There were there were yeah specific references to Indominus. Hell, that's so lame. Yeah. That was a good line. Well, it's not. A, well, what real paleontologists with better names like Archaeornithomimus? <laughs> Take that, Dale Russell. <laughs> was was actually said in the screening of the cinema. Yes, um, that was a, yeah. that was a decent line. Yes, I mean yeah. So they, it, um, in some ways, and why I said I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would is that it was more tongue-in-cheek than I thought it would be. I thought it would be, you know, there were actual specific references to we know we're being a bit silly, which is better than Godzilla, Mm -hmm. which didn't have anything like that. (laughs) No. (laughs) It was like, you're going to be really serious here and have, you know, references to nuclear weapons and all that stuff. We're making a serious film. And yeah, this didn't feel like they were trying too hard to make a serious film or make serious points. No, I don't think they were making any serious points. But I still, from having read all the interviews with Trevorrow and the reviews that have appeared so far, I don't think anybody's thinking along these lines that they were deliberately trying to make a tongue in cheek 
movie no they think that they're doing good stuff and it's like yeah we know there's this whole like bunch of science on dinosaurs but we could, we just have to ignore that for the purposes of the the franchise we've got running here and uh and it's like mm, no you could have you could have done so many things that we would have not that our opinion matters <laughs> but that that you know would have the thing that the thing that I keep making a point about, and the thing that frustrates me, is that yes, it's just a movie. Yes, it's just a movie, but it's kind of not just a movie because this is something that's got such enormous impact on how people view reality, and it's quite irresponsible, even. <laughs> yes, it's just a movie. Nobody cares, but. Go and talk to children and see how they think dinosaurs look and how it affects their opinions on evolution and stuff. And uh, they could have... Why am I even saying this? Because they don't care. They just made a crap load of money. Uh, And the fact that... And and it's like the CG bird at the start, one of the first animals we see is meant to be like a crow. Hmm. And it was just awful <laughs> you can't even do a real animal you can't do an animal that lives in the modern world right i don't know maybe they're hard hardest to do because of they are because we know exactly what they look like yeah, yeah. that's why humans uncanny are so bat. hard to do whereas yeah. monsters are fairly easy because we are so attuned to all the details that you could get wrong but that crow at the start i mean yeah. come on that was that was bad it was a bad crow yeah. it was uh, it, it, it was an interesting little nod though yeah, um, yeah. It was specifically in there because of yeah. The, yeah. We yes, yeah. yes. We know the birds are dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. It feels like in some of some of ways it feels like they tacked in a bunch of nods to that just because of the criticism. Almost, you know, like yes, we know, we know. Just go along with the monster film. So this is this is the thing. I went in because we'd seen enough in the trailers and this sort of stuff. That I knew the dinosaurs were going to be terrible. The pterosaur scene was already out there, so it was it was clear that this was just not considered to consider it a dinosaur film is a bit ridiculous. It's not. Mm-hmm. So I went in trying really hard just to watch it as a monster film, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm tr- trying to ignore the fact that they're meant to be dinosaurs in a way, and in the film they're sort of not really. So okay, trying to. Pretend I don't know anything about that. I don't care about dinosaurs or anything. Just watch this as a monster film. And that's. Re- I tried really hard to watch it in that way. Is it a good monster film? And I felt like it, it wasn't a good monster film. Um, it wasn't the worst I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, you know, it was, it, its tone in some ways was all right. It was kind of lightish, kind of funny. You know, I didn't mind that. Um. Although a lot of their jokes, like, hmm, you know, come into my bungalow, and it's like, oh, God, really? Ouch. <laughs> watching something from the 70s or something, I don't know, uh-huh. 60s. Um, but it's certainly not a good one. It's, as I say, really tropey. Everything felt like you knew exactly where it was going to go. Every scene felt like a reference to something else, and therefore it felt very uneven. It didn't feel like it all flowed nicely. It felt like, here's our scene where we do this. Here's our scene where we do that. Mm-hmm. And, oh God, I've got to say, the roaring, right? The really wide gate roaring thing. Yeah. Now, call me naive, but doesn't drama rely on you not doing something over and over and over again to <laughs> sensitize people to it? Because, frankly... <laughs> Who cares about a roar after you've, every single dinosaur does it in every single scene? Yeah, I thought, It's got please, no drama anymore. Don't, don't have the bit where the Indominus is chasing them and it stops, stops running, yeah. roars, and then and, and sure enough, that's what it does. It comes out of a clearing. Yeah, that lets them run away and then runs after them. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> But it's um, not just that, that it does that warning thing of like roaring at something and then they run away. It's the fact that every single, like the Velociraptors do it, the Tyrannosaurus does it. There's so much roaring in the same pose, same angle a lot of the time, that the roaring has absolutely no impact because it happens in every second scene. 
Mm. I don't. I just don't understand. It just seems really naive way to make films to me. Well, it's like and having the... someone die in every scene to make it dramatic. Well, it doesn't really <laughs> make it dramatic because someone dies in every scene. It's not exciting. You've got to. We've got to care. Yeah. The rules yeah. got to. I also them. like. I... <laughs> I, I try, yeah. I, I tried watching the the, the pterosaur attack scene with uh, again thinking that you know forget forget what we know about pterosaurs. Can you just imagine them as as like silly monster creatures? But it's like the amount of frenetic sort of psychotic attack and the movement and you know there's a creature purging here and there's a creature attacking here and a creature attacking here and uh, she's British so she's gonna die. Yes, she gets <laughs> the British nanny lady. She dies, but um, it's just. Similar to in okay, you haven't seen the Lost World, but in the Lost World, the Velociraptors in that are they're like on acid or something. They're kind of like you know frenetic, running around, super speedy, like ten times everything's ten times faster. They sort of jump through glass, shake off the glass, and then smash through another window, and then. Well, that's you know, what they were like in this one too. Yeah. In this as well, it's and that's just so. Uh, we're not going to expect these animals to be realistic, but it's just so ridiculous that you just can't look at it without, like I say, without basically laughing. It's, <laughs> there was a lot of unintentional laughter. I'm sure that we were laughing at stuff that wasn't meant to be funny because it was just so stupid. The pterosaur, one of a pterosaur picks up Nanny Lady, drops her into Mosel Pool, dives under the water, picks her up in the water, takes off again, drops her again, <laughs> dives into the water again. Now there's two pterosaurs trying to get her. One pterosaur picks her up, drops her in the air. Another one grabs her with its feet. <laughs> yeah. And then the mosasaur grabs her. And, and the pterosaur. And the pterosaur as well. <laughs> and so they could get this scene, which they really love, which is the wide-open gape scene. Yeah. So they could get the wide-open gape of the mosasaur, and then as the mosasaur grabs the pterosaur, the pterosaur can do the wide-open gape to the camera as they both go down. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it was... You, but this is what I struggle with in this film. Was that meant to be funny? Because I'm pretty sure it was not. It was not meant to be funny, but it was. It was funny, but was it... It must have been meant to be funny, right? Well, no one was laughing, apart from <laughs> the line of paleontologists I've sat with. <laughs> I was I was watching the behaviour of other cinema goers. I often do this. Like, yeah. How do they react? And they're like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa! This is what the world was really like, man." It's like science come to life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was noticing because I did. I wasn't sitting with a row of paleontologists. I was sitting with Jenny. Um, I was noticing where people were laughing. And it was at the lame jokes rather than at the um, the ridiculous gags that the film had. Yeah. Um, Although there wasn't a lot of laughter at the jokes, I've got to say, because the jokes were pretty bad. Mm. Mm. And generally a I'm, bit embarrassing. I can't remember that any jokes now. Uh, yeah. I can't remember anything that I thought that was... Well, there's the, the, the bungalow scene. Yeah, that's that's not a joke. That's just... No, it's him making jokes, you know. Like, it's harassment. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sexual harassment. Yeah, so there was a little bit of twittering at that, you know, like... Mm -hmm. Oh, how funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's funny, isn't he? Um, yeah. Uh, so there were no psychic dinosaurs. One of the rumours about this movie was that, the di was that the, there was a hive mind and that the Indominus was able to, like, talk to the... Uh, the, the scene with the pterosaurs, where it's roaring at the pterosaurs and crashing a helicopter into the ground, that it's... Um, telepathically talking to the pterosaurs, go and attack the people, All right. my, leather, my leathery wing chums. And also when it's talking to the velociraptors, that they're like, they got, yeah, yeah. psychic, but they, obviously that wasn't a thing in the film. Because uh, that's what I was telling people, like, psychic weaponized <laughs> dinosaurs <laughs> and pterosaurs. <sighs> so, it's always easy, you've got to move that up. Um, it's always easy to sort of Mm -hmm. think that they should have made a completely different film. Yeah. But even within the constraints of this film, I think it was a mediocre job at best. And I think they could have either made it funnier or scarier, or both, and they certainly could have made the tone more even by ditching a lot of the tropes and references that they clearly desperately wanted to get in. Or... I'm putting that wrong. Like, they had a film and they were stuffing in tropes. They weren't. They were just taping together scenes and tropes from 
bunch of other things and weaving a story through it. And that's all that happened, I think. That's how they make. That's how they make these films. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think this is a ba- basically a B film, right? We don't have B films anymore, but this is a B film. This is not mm. a serious film, like made by filmmakers who care about films. This is mm. a um, this is a crazy B film where there's terrible dialogue. Um, <laughs> the acting doesn't have to be good. Doesn't really matter. Who cares? Which is funny because they've got you know proper actors in it. Uh, and to be fair, I would say that some of the acting in the film was reasonably good. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, actually, so you know, well, I mean to be clear, I don't think this film would have been worse with worse acting though. Mm. The acting was completely wasted. You don't need to act in this film. Um, Chris Pratt wasn't very funny. Mm, I was hoping for more of a Guardians of the Galaxy style performance. Yep. You seen that? But he can't because the lines are just awful. Yeah. yeah. Well, Guardians of, the, Guardians of the Galaxy was much more cleverly written. Yeah. Yeah. This was not cleverly written. Mm. So there we go. How many stars? Uh, three. Right. So is that out of ten? Yeah, out of ten. So I'm going to say something. I mostly really disliked it. You mostly really disliked it. Yeah, well, I disliked it a lot too, obviously. So I was gonna, what I'm going to do here is look up what I gave Godzilla. Um, because I liked it about as much as I liked Godzilla. I gave Godzilla four stars. Yeah, see, that's a bit high. I might... No, no, I'm going to give it four stars, yeah. <clears throat> to be fair to the film, I wasn't bored. And compared to Noah, <laughs> I would much rather sit through this two or three times more oh, and yeah. watch Noah again. What did I give Noah out of ten? Um... Oh, doesn't I think we might have been doing um, five, five stars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Darren, three out of ten. John, one out of ten. Oh, okay. Well, that's a bit hung. Or I do you want to enjoyed... revise Noah down? Well, I don't know. Because, no, because I definitely enjoyed Jurassic World more than I enjoyed Noah, but that doesn't mean I think it's a better film. I thought this was a a clustered up bomb of a, of a film. <laughs> <laughs> um. I just there were bits in it where I was bored. There were bits that I just thought this is so stupid. I and there were so many bits where I think why uh, why just it could have been so much better if they'd done this and this and this, and, which is a bad way to look at something. You know, why didn't you do the thing I wanted you to? Do? I think it's generally a bad way of looking at things. Yes, but but uh, I, the the the, anim, the yeah the if something is wrong here with the effects. The effects are not right. That end scene with the Tyrannosaur stepping onto the platform, hero shot, she roars across the jungle, doesn't work. That animal doesn't look right. There's so many animals, so many of the other animals don't look right. The behavior, the sort of things that are depicted in the films from both humans and other animals, ridiculous. Yeah, hokey, hokey acting references, stupid cliches, tropes. Stick it all together. It's the perfect summer movie, <laughs> but it, but it what? What a piece of junk! I also ah one thing I don't think we have mentioned is that um I was um, oh, I can't remember if I did say this already, but like halfway through the film, I'm thinking there hasn't been anything here that's given us any of the like memorable Jurassic World. No, sorry, forget that Jurassic Park. The stuff. The Tyrannosaur attack, iconic. Even today, you can watch it. I can watch that a hundred times. I love that bit when the Tyrannosaur attacks, bites Gennaro, sat on the toilet. That's brilliant. The, the bit with the Velociraptors attacking the cow, uh, brilliant, iconic, memorable, quite unpleasant. And the Brachiosaur, in the where they're up in the tree, and one other thing as well, maybe the fight scene at the end. There's a couple of things in it that like everyone remembers. Now, okay, you could say that we've all become um, what's that word when you've seen things too many times? Jaded. We've become jaded and desensitized. Yeah, and that we're we're now like you know we're we're, we're too used to this stuff. That may be partly true, but I don't think it's the whole explanation. I do think that genuinely, the scenes now are just like the fact that they're they're crammed full of them, and they just don't they look so unrealistic. The fight between the Indominus and the Tyrannosaurus just looked completely ridiculous. Um. I just don't think they're anywhere near as memorable, anywhere near as good. They're not set in the right way. They um they don't have the same like you know 
emotional resonance. Seeing someone picked up by a, a Tyrannosaurus and <laughs> shaken to death on the toilet, that's like quite memorable, quite unpleasant. And there's, is there anything like that in this movie? No. The, well, the thing that probably comes closest, there's nothing like that, but the scene that probably comes closest is the Mosasaur scene, right? Yeah. I think that's the, that is the scene of the film. Everything else is, as you say, rubbish. And yeah, yeah the fight, the final fight scene is so ridiculous and goes on for so long and looks so bad that, it, yeah, I, I've got, actually, I've got to say, I did actually start to get bored in the fight scene at the end because they were dragging it out just way too, way too long. I don't know why they made, made it so long, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, it's like watching tennis rather than <laughs> You're fight. supposed to think, well, you're supposed to like feel empathy or sympathy for the, the Tyrannosaurus. And it's like, oh, no, don't kill the T-Rex. We oh. love her. And then, oh, no, luckily she's fine. Even though she was just down having her throat bitten and half, she's actually fine. Yeah. And, um, yeah. See, animals in these things, they can bite each other full force on the throat yeah. and they're fine. Yeah. And g- give it a good shake too. You know, lift the other, lift the other thing up by the throat. Mm, mm. Um, so, so yeah, so that's the most, yeah, the Mosasaur self beach grab Indominus. That's that is the the memorable scene. The problem there is, sorry, Mosasaur fans, but who the hell knows what a Mosasaur is or will remember a Mosasaur? We will. Everyone listening to this brilliant yeah. podcast will. But five years down the line, you ask most people that saw that movie, what what was that brilliant scene at the end? Yeah, where that. Whaley thing <laughs> jumped out of the water. That was the best bit. Don't you even remember its name? <laughs> and I, no, the last scene, come to think of it, where the Mosasaur comes out and gets the Indominus is done in Walking with Dinosaurs, right? With a Pliosaur, yeah. 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 And is it Eustreptospondylus? It is indeed Eustreptospondylus oxoniensis. Yep. Getting grabbed. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, well, we hope you enjoyed our take on the movie Jurassic World, currently in cinemas, directed by Colin Trevorrow, blah, 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 Jack Horner. Well done, Jack. He's such a good paleontologist, <laughs> um, which I don't know. I hope that, that probably sounded rude. I didn't mean it to be rude. He is the greatest paleontologist of all time, and uh, I'm sure he got lots of money for being involved in this movie. All right, stop um, now. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll edit that out, I don't know. But, but like, uh, yeah. And if you don't agree with us, well... Yeah, sorry. actually, what I'll say is if you haven't seen this film, don't see this film. <laughs> Certainly don't see it in the cinema and give them more money. Just don't, don't bother. Go see a different monster film. Go see anything but this. It's really bad. Do you know my problem? What? I saw it with a bunch of friends yesterday, and I've got to see it with my family. What? Oh, that's terrible. I've got a 13-year-old kid. He's desperate to see it. Can't he go by himself? <laughs> I'll tell him that and see how, see how it goes down. Okay. Right. Until next time, listeners. Well, where can they find you? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I was waving furiously at the camera. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, quick plug for our books. All yesterday's The Crypto Zoological many others. Um... My name is Darren H. I tweet at <laughs> The transfer circuits aren't working. It's not my fault. No light speed. It's not my fault. So we just lost the main the main rear deflector shield. One more direct hit on the back quarter we're done for. Turn around. <laughs> I said turn around. I'm gonna put all the power in the front shield. You're gonna attack them? <laughs> Sir, you're surviving a director's... Okay, and um, I currently uh, blog for Scientific American Tetrapod Zoology, and uh, I have a Redbubble shop. Please buy merchandise at Patreon. Patreon You have a Redbubble shop at... Yes? Say it. You have a Redbubble shop... Redbubble shop at... Uh, Red Bubble Pod Zoology or something, I don't know. Red slash Or is it slash people slash Tetsu? Yep, redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Tetsu. There is a t shirt there which you must wear uh, legally in order to see the movie Jurassic World. And please do consider supporting me at 
Patreon. Uh, thank you very much to people that support me. That's patreon.com forward slash Tezu. You get to see exclusive sneak peeks of Tezu relevant stuff. John is also on Patreon, I believe. Yeah. Um, patreon.com forward slash John Conway. Uh, and I give away signed books, prints, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so support me on Patreon if you like my stuff. I'm also on Twitter at the John Conway and Facebook too. My website is johnconway.co. You can go there. That's it, I think. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>